practically middle-aged. The sheriff calls us outlaws. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 10. That's right, episode 10 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. I am Ross and here with Adam as always and we are a champion at the bit to talk about today's subject, aren't we Adam? I can't wait. I mean, it's it's maybe more fun to talk about something that you just thought wasn't good you know how, how much fun can you have actually just praising something so yeah we, we're just going to let the hate <laughs> f- f- fill our bodies like the rock is electri- electrifying we are hate-ish um, yeah. I, so today we've, we've, we've talked about our top 5 Wrestlemanias of the 80s and the 90s which was episode 8. We've talked about our top 5 WrestleManias of the 2000s and the 2010s, which was last episode, episode 9. And this was all building up to the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania 37, um, which went down this weekend. Um, For full disclosure, neither of us are weekly viewers of Raw and SmackDown. Um, We might know what's going on every now and again Um, I've got a son who is quite into things so I'll catch things that are on Adam you don't really watch week by week do you? No I I watch pretty much every pay-per-view with with having the network and things like that and I did um, you know rather than when we were watching some of the old events and you're maybe skipping through some things and all that I thought if I watch every bit of this and they are still quite good at the you know the summary packages yeah. in terms of showing you what's happening and, and things like that. So I, I didn't skip any of that, watch the full event, just to try and make sure I, I had a, at least a vague idea of what the storyline was that was going on. So you'll be just as informed as somebody who stuck on WrestleMania for a laugh. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> so what I was trying to kind of give a bit of context to is that... Yeah, we're probably not the, the the targeted demographic for this current WrestleMania, but we thought we would give it a bash, try and watch it all the way through without skipping, which was a thing, and yeah, give her give her a review this week. So I think you're the same as me, Adam. I went into this with optimism. I tried to have an open mind. And give it a chance. And yeah. I feel I feel like on night one that 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 continued throughout until certain points and on well we'll get to night two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I definitely tried. I don't think I I think you were maybe more optimistic than I was. I just kept looking at the card and thinking, hmm, hmm. But 
by the time I actually came to watch it, which was, you know, night one, I was watching on Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. I think it was, just because, you know, being a, a middle-aged outlaw, I'm, I'm not awake at the kind of time of night that it's actually <laughs> on, but um, yeah, uh, that that was my, my viewing time, um, and by the time I actually put it on, I thought, yeah, come on, this this might be good. Give I'm it a chance. Myself. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Before, before we jump in... There's obviously a lot on WrestleMania week. Um, you and I were texting back and forward, and we'd been watching a little bit of the NXT. What was it called? Stand and Deliver. Yes. Um, and they also had two nights to themselves. Was, by the way, there's got to be a lot of swearing in this episode. So, <laughs> if anybody actually listens to this and is um, put off by that sort of thing, yeah, switch off now. Those greedy bastards, WWE, they, they took two nights during the week, two nights at the weekend. But yeah, some of the stuff in the, in the NXT um, two-night event was, was fairly good, actually. Yeah, it was. I, I watched um, I watched a lot of the matches that I haven't actually sat and watched the full card through. Um, I watched most of the night two in the end. I watched some matches from night one. Um, and there was some really good stuff on there actually and it's it's kind of, I used to watch all the TakeOver events when they came out and I think you kind of expect now the quality in ring and some of the logical storytelling to be a, a little bit better from mm. my point of view than, yeah. than what you get on, on the main uh, shows but I think there's always an expectation that you know WrestleMania dwarfs everything, and it'll it will deliver on the day. But I, I was impressed by Takeover. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, although I, I do, I did find that that Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly match maybe outstayed its welcome by a good fifteen to twenty minutes. But yeah. nevertheless, it was pretty good. Yep. Um, okay, WrestleMania thirty-seven, sponsored by Snickers. Um, what? Before we jump into this, I'd um, text you earlier and we were talking about demographic and I just wanted to very quickly, before we get into the, the meat and bones of, uh, of this, who, who do you think that the current product is targeted towards? Genuine question. I I really struggle with this because I was aware when I was a young kid, it was kids, you know, that was all, WWE was all colour and, you know... Over the top characters, characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think at that time, you know, the WCW product was the more hard-hitting and things like that. Um, And then, you know, through Attitude Era, it was pretty clear who it was aimed at. And then I also thought, you know, a few years ago with, you know, Cena very prominent and things like that, it was aimed at kids again. I can't answer your question because (laughs) I I can't watch this and actually know who this is aimed at. And I don't... I am aware, I mean, I'm, I don't have any kids, I'm not watching it, you know, with with uh, a younger person who might enjoy some of the content, so I didn't want to assume that it wasn't aimed at them, but it doesn't feel like it's aimed at them, to be honest. Mm. Uh, uh, my view is is that it's a bit all over the place. Um, let's take The Fiend stuff, for example. Um, I can see that appealing to, like, younger teens... Um, I can't see it appealing to very young children because it'll probably scare the shit out of them. Yeah. Um, look, mummy, there's a man on fire. <laughs> uh, then, like, the Roman Reigns stuff would appeal probably to people like us, I would imagine. Yeah. It's kind of old school 
uh, type stuff. Um, stuff like Cesaro Seth Rollins would appeal to people like us yep, of our fair. age. Um, a lot of the women's stuff, uh, like, this is difficult because I'll, I'll probably trip over my words here, but a lot of the women's stuff doesn't really appeal to me. Um, some of the women's stuff does, like the main event on night one I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. But but they're really good wrestlers. Um, and they put on a really good match. But a lot of the backstory stuff is just, just like nonsense to me. Yeah, I, I actually, I I quite liked what I saw of the Bailey uh, and Sasha Banks storyline mm-hmm. that ran through a chunk of the year. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt like, I didn't know whether they missed a trick, although you can't run a storyline all year and I get that. Um, maybe it kind of felt to me like that should have maybe culminated at mm. Mania but as you say actually I thought the, the main event from night one was, was very good as you know the, the in-ring match I thought was, was very good so I, I can't say I find it all that interesting but it would depend on what the story was because oh. you know I, I, I got invested in Banks and Bailey um, so if, if it's something that can grab me then it, it will Um it's really all about the storytelling. Absolutely, and we've spoke about that before. Most of the time, when we're praising something from, regardless of the era, it's the storyline that goes with it that that yeah. makes the big difference, that draws you in, that, that makes you interested in watching the match. We talked about Hogan Warrior being essentially a, a really crap wrestling match, but it was electrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Because everything yeah. that went with it. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Strowman screaming that he's beating the shit out of somebody for everybody that's ever been called stupid <laughs> which is uh, yeah it's his own form of irony <laughs> yeah yeah I, 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 I didn't know if I just wasn't getting that and it just kind of went over my head but it did seem an odd uh, the whole that whole angle around that match and we'll get to it that just seemed strange to me no yeah. a lot of shite yeah okay let's um, let's go night one Shall we jump in? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. We got Michael Cole and a poncho to start us off, which was good. Yep. Samoa Joe doing his best effort to to keep us jovial. How could you not with with Samoa Joe smiling at you? Um, Yeah. I I actually, um, I tried to stay awake just for the start of night one on Saturday and then when I put the network on, it said, and we've got a rain delay, and I thought, no, I'm going to bed. That's that's that. That's me out. <laughs> that's it done. Oh well, I tried. <laughs> um, like, so we we got like the kind of welcome back to the fans from Vince, and we had what appeared to be Roman standing as a member of the McMahon family, which I quite liked. Yeah. Um, and uh, someone sang America Beautiful and Otis appeared to be rocking back and forward in quite a strange way, which was intriguing. As yeah. Well. Um, yeah, and Vince was like horrendously caked in makeup, which looked really weird. It's weird seeing him on telly now, right? It is, yeah. Uh, I think 
there's a point at which as well you need to start accepting the kind of age you are um, I, I don't know if he's still trying to come across as somebody who's I don't know 40 year old or something like mm. that um, but yeah I, I get why he probably genuinely wanted to address a live audience given everything that's gone on in the last year or so mm-hmm. um, that was appropriate and, I think I, uh... yeah yeah. Um, I always do find these moments a little bit odd because I don't know whether they're are they breaking kayfabe? Are they not? I mean, uh, it's some of the you know positioning of where people are standing and facial mm. expressions, and I'm maybe looking for something that you shouldn't because maybe it's not supposed to be there. Um, I just find it a little hard to read whether he's, he's just told them out right. You're your genuine person. Come out. We're going to address the crowd, and then as soon as you're back, you're character back in character. Imagine the fiend was standing there for America Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be pretty strange. Standing looking all burnt. <laughs> Maybe it was during America Beautiful that it all fell off him, all this marshmallow stuff that was on him. Anyway, anyway, we eventually got to, um, I think we got Titus and, and Hulk to kind of give us a horrendous intro. Yeah. Titus, we kind of hear what you're saying. Hogan, you, you you're either reading, you can't remember his script or he's reading a prompt or something. Uh, it wasn't good. Yeah, that that was, it was quite awkward. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not sure whether, because they weren't out an awful lot. No. Um, and I don't know if, you know, you do a couple of rehearsals and they think, ah, we're, we're just going to do this once a night. Because <laughs> <laughs> normally if somebody's the host, they appear a few times through it. It's an odd thing, this host of WrestleMania. I don't mm-hmm. know when it started. The Rock, maybe? Um, the Rock's done it. Was yeah. that 32 uh, or something? Uh, Hogan, I think, was technically the host of 30. Um, but oh, really? Yeah, because they, they had him come out at the start, but then you had, you know, Austin came in the ring and then Rock came in the ring and all oh, that. Oh, that's and right. I, kinda, I suppose you can't miss with that, that name power, but, uh, yeah, I don't know why it's a thing, and it, it, it then... I found the what they had Bailey doing a bit strange, but again, having not followed TV, I don't know if that played into what she's doing on TV. Just mm. now, maybe. I think she has a talk show. Okay, that's what she was doing. She's quite a good wrestler. Let's say. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, so we got we got the chance to have our uh, WWE Championship match um, starting us off. Yep. Um, which was not a shock when we found out that um, Banks and Bel Air was going to be the main event, but um, is it a, a good way to start, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the way they sort of positioned the matches through the two nights was was fairly logical. I think you want to get off to quite a a hot start. I think you ideally want to get the crowd going, you mm-hmm. know, especially when there's been a rain delay. And I've, I've no doubt they, they planned this long before anyway that this would be match one, but you, you want to get people going quickly. Um, and to be honest, you know, there weren't a whole host of matches I was all that excited about looking at the card on paper. Um, this one did intrigue me a bit because I've not seen an awful lot of Lashley as champion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that all happened on on TV that that sort of side of things um and Drew McIntyre's obviously somebody that they they built for you know the rumble and then mania after a sort of slow climb um in terms of his position since he'd come back 
and uh, I, I kind of looked at it as they, they could go either way here and mm. it'd probably be a at least a match that will keep me engaged which it did to be fair this is uh, one of the ones I, I, I don't have too many negative comments about um, for the match not sure what your thoughts on that were no I'm fairly similar um, we'll get to the finish I had an issue with the finish but okay. um, something that um, immediately immediately got my back up was Michael Cole's comment oh, oh sorry hold on um, I love the way that they present Lashley I, I feel like he's presented as as what he should be um, uh-huh. justice absolute dominant a powerful champion. I think he looks excellent. Yeah. Uh, MVP with him. It just it's a great presentation. Um, I think finally they've done the right thing with him. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, go on. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. And again, not seeing a lot of him on on TV, they've they've clearly you know positioned him strong. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a. Uh, a sort of sneaky champion of of any kind. They've they've positioned him as dominant and very difficult to beat, um, and almost in the. I don't want to give too many Lesnar comparisons because from what I've seen of Lashley, he's he's a bit more of a rounded worker actually than than Lesnar is these days. Anyway, um, I think he can do a bit more, and. I think you know you, you you're basically putting him up against the one of the guys who walked away from last year's mania as as the top guy. Um, so I thought I thought that was quite good positioning, really. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, so Michael Cole says, just remember in the back of your head that Drew has essentially been champion since last WrestleMania, with the exception of dropping it to Randy Orton for a month or a few weeks. Yeah, um, and he obviously dropped it to the Miz. Um, pay-per-view ago, maybe. Yeah. Michael Cole says that Bobby Lashley has been as dominant as any champion in memory. Ah. <laughs> I don't think I picked up on that one, but that's quite a comment. <laughs> I think he should get tested for amnesia. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I like the way that this started. I liked um, Lashley really showing his power. Um, a lot of the time he was overpowering McIntyre and then Drew would come back Um, Drew's really a really well rounded wrestler Um, he can do everything essentially Um, and he showed that Uh, he had the suplexes um, but he also had his dive over the ropes where MVP and Lashley did not catch him and he probably rattled (laughs) his head off the floor Um, I I find um, I find Drew really engaging to watch He's got a good personality and he brings that with him in the ring. Yeah. Lashley yeah, kept... Um, oh, sorry, I, I lost you there for a second, sorry. Oh, no, no bother. Um, yeah, I, I think a, a lot of, I totally agree with a lot of what you say and I think there was a desire to have McIntyre take this role of guy that won't give up mm-hmm. um, and he keeps coming back and obviously that kind of keeps him pretty strong. You know, in in a sense that, that there was no quit in him, and that obviously plays into um, how they they finish the match, which you can speak about when we get there. But um, I thought there were some some pretty good looking moves in there as well. There was a a, a sort of DDT combo by McIntyre, um, and 
it's one of those where you need McIntyre to have a, a level of offence, even though he was almost playing the kind of underdog and the, mm. the, the slightly weaker guy. But for Lashley to become this dominant force, he needs to be able to you know, overcome the offence from somebody as sort of big and imposing as McIntyre. Yeah. And the thing that I like, uh, just going back to him being um, all-rounded, he, he's got a really good uh, submission game as well. Yeah. And we saw that a few times as well, which I liked. Um, and it's something that I always felt that CM Punk did well and Daniel Bryan does it as well. He'll just throw out these random, uh, complex-looking submissions that, that you genuine, genuinely believe could finish a match. Yeah. Um, there was a time that Drew locked in a Kimura and it looked a bit like Lashley was actually really close to tapping. Um, mm-hmm. And they made me believe, which is quite a yeah. feat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, when we we get to the finish, it I, I don't know. So so what happened was Drew gets up and he he signals he's going to hit the Claymore. MVP shouts at him, "Look out for that car!" Like, <laughs> did he shout at him? Yeah, I think so. Did you think he was supposed to be behind him and pull his leg or something? Uh, I'm not sure. It it <laughs> didn't seem like the most logical thing. It's I, raining. I, yeah, it did maybe seem like a, I've missed my spot. I need to do something. Um, so he runs and he stops. Yeah. And he runs again and lastly ducks and Drew kind of is like, okay, so I'll throw myself to the floor. Yeah. Um, and... And Bobby gets him in in the heart lock, and I think from there, I think I've got this right sequence of events. Drew is in the heart lock, goes over to the corner, and he does the old Bret Hart to Roddy Piper thing, where he he kicks up off the turnbuckle and tries to yeah. land on him to yeah. get the pin. But um, Lashley holds on to the heart lock, yeah, heart lock, and uh, Drew goes out. Yeah, that's a nice so, sequence. Yeah, and there's there's a couple of things. It's pretty clear to me that they're trying to protect Drew as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting over Lashley, but there was no Claymore hit. So he didn't actually have to recover from a Claymore. And also the fact that McIntyre didn't quit, he passed out. That mm-hmm. was the way they, they, they painted the story. So there was obviously a desire to keep um, McIntyre strong, but still, you know, putting Lashley over. Um it's the kind of thing I'm a little bit in two minds about, about whether maybe I would have preferred him to hit a Claymore and for Lashley to, to kick out of that. Um, if I mean, if you're crowning him the guy and it's at Mania, but the other side of it is, it's kind of that, you know, it's their first big match between mm. the two of them individually. So maybe that's to come. Um, yeah, so that, 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 to me, sorry, sorry to interrupt, like that, um, the whole thing of like, here's, five of my finishers and I'm going to kick out the three of them and yeah. and all that sort of stuff I, I feel like you get that so often that it was actually quite refreshing yeah, not that, to see that yeah as I say I didn't um, disagree with it and I think there's always then the threat of you know next time because clearly there is going to be a next time hmm. um, maybe they can play the storyline of McIntyre telling them I, I didn't hit a claim or I would have without the distraction and you would have gone out you know so mm. yeah they've they've kind of got that angle to, to lean on for the whatever the upcoming matches are so I was shocked by this I, I genuinely um, like kind of thinking about it the fact that Drew's held the title essentially the whole year um, he was getting a huge pop at Rumble 2020 
um, and that was kind of like the start of things. He didn't get the chance to get Mania 36, and he didn't really get that crowning moment. Yeah, I expected the belt. Just I, I genuinely thought that they were putting the belt on Lashley to give it back to McIntyre, so he got that pop. Um, so this shocked me, um, but I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. I think I think uh, Lashley wears the belt well. Um, yeah. I think it makes sense to to go with him. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think it, it is kind of a shame for McIntyre because his moment came without a crowd, um, but. I'm pretty sure they'll they'll have him on top at some point again in the future. I don't think he's I'm done. Sure. Um, and I think it was important for the character they want Lashley to be, and that they're now positioning as that he wasn't a kind of a you know a champion that just drops the belt really quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he if he's going to be the dominant guy, they have to allow him to be that for a little while. Yeah, totally agree. Good job, WWE. Yep. Wh- whoever books Raw, you had. You will. Would they say a, de- a, a broken clock's right twice a day? Yeah. So well done. That you booked that incredibly well. So from there, we go from the highest of highs to <sighs> the lowest of the lows. Yeah. Um, we had the women's tag team turmoil match, which would um, give us the. Number one contender to Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax on night two. Um, lucky us, we get two. Whoever wins this, we get to see them twice, which is a treat. Yeah. We started out with um, Lana and Naomi with uh, some incredibly bouncing music. Um, versus Carmella and Billy Kay. Billy Kay was in a successful tag team. They split her up from her tag team partner and she's now in a tag team with Carmella. Yeah. Um I don't get that one because I remember seeing was it was that Mania Latin Mania before, wasn't it? Was it thirty five that I think the women's tag titles were a new thing and right. the uh the the Iconics, was that it? Iconics, they, yeah. Pain yeah, Royce. Yeah, they won it against uh, Banks and Bailey. They won the titles. <laughs> Um, and now, I I assume they split them up because they were going to push one of them as a single, but I'm not aware of that having happened at all. God knows. Mm-hmm. Let's fly through this. This was this was really bad. Yeah, I, I I said to you, I think in a message that this was the match that I just couldn't concentrate on because I just didn't care, I, and that might sound brutal, but fair. Yeah, I, I just didn't care. <laughs> I, I felt that there was... Hmm, in this whole match, I felt that Carmella is quite a good wrestler and she looked, like, better than the rest and I felt that, like, Natalia's quite... OK as well. Mm-hmm. So let's run through this. With Lana and Naomi starting off against Carmella and Billy Kay. Carmella and Billy Kay went, won that one to face the Riot Squad who I think were dressed as the Joker and Harley Quinn um, which was odd Uh, the Riot Squad won that they then fought Mandy Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke and Mandy fell on her arse yep Um, and who won that one oh the Riot Squad won that one they fought Natalia and ain't nobody meaner than Tamina Snooker yeah Um, 
And they won. Tamina and Natalia won after Natalia went to put on the sharpshooter and I was like, do you know what? It's time for your WrestleMania moment, Tamina. And tagged her in and she hit this snooker splash. Yep. And that was it. Yeah, and I think I kind of agree with you. Natalia kind of stands out as, a, I think, a high-quality worker who mm. was involved in this situation. Um, I wasn't sure going in whether many of these were established teams or just kind of thrown together last minute. Um, I'm sure, like, the Riot Squad that I know had been in, you know, matches together before. I did wonder that it just felt a little bit of a convoluted way to try and get a lot of people on the card. Um, that they maybe didn't have a lot else for them to do. Which is poor. Yeah, and no. it's not the performer's fault, you know. No, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, we get Natalia and Tamina versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax on night two, which we will get to in due course. Yeah. Um, after that, we had a really weird trailer for WWE YouTube channel involving the 24-7 Championship, Old Spice, someone called Joe Average, Drew Gulak, uh, Akira Tozawa appears to be a ninja now, and um, uh, R-Truth, obviously. Yeah. This was really weird. I have no idea what it was about, but clearly these are like the gimp squad that are chasing after the 24-7 title, which I had no idea was a thing still. Yeah, I, I I didn't know what was going on. Um, yeah, I, I I watched and thought I'm not really sure what I'm looking at, but it was one of those where I thought maybe this will all be explained later or something. Um, yeah, it was weird. There was a, there was a reference to like some uh, what's that th- what's that um, aftershave in a uh, Anchorman called? Uh, uh, Sex Panther. Yeah, I think that's it. There's yeah. like there's like a weird reference to something like that as well. Mm-hmm. Who the f- who knows what was going on there? Yeah. Um, next, we got a good match. Probably yes. the one match that you and I were probably looking forward to the most um, across yeah, think, across the two nights. I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I've always been a, a Cesaro fan and felt that he needed the chance to shine. Um, and Seth Rollins, you know, is is a very very good worker, and he, you just kind of rely on him putting on a good match, mm. um, and adding Cesaro into into that mix. I noticed that the announcers actually mentioned it was the first time Cesaro had had a singles match at WrestleMania, um, which I think says a lot for the way he's been booked. It's given, crazy, given what he can do, you know, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I liked in the package before this. I like this, this kind of cackling over the top heel that Seth Rollins. I like this better than um, the kind of CM Punk ripoff thing he was doing yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, I like that, like, like the party political um, video thing that they put together, yeah. and at, at the end he's he's doing the voiceover about this is nothing to do with Seth Rollins and paid for by friends and all that. <laughs> that was that, that was quite yeah. funny. Um, aye, so this was just high quality, high quality wrestling that yeah. that is uh, appreciated. Um, don't know if you want to talk through some of the yeah some I of the thought- kind of highlights of it. 
like you, you've got um, at the start of the match Cesaro with the sort of fast, aggressive start, um, going going through quite a lot of not so much his signature moves, but just quite a high volume of of moves early on. And I thought you, you then went into a stage of pretty good, you know, old fashioned psychology. Um, Rollins seems embarrassed about the idea that he, he was in that swing, the Cesaro swing, um, and he's trying to focus on the arm of Cesaro, logic telling you that he won't be able to perform the swing if, if you take out one of his arms, he's not going to be able to do it. Yeah. And I, I like old school things like that, just logical things, and even just you know taking the swing element out of it, fo- the focus on a body part, you know, uh, try and take one element of the offense away because it makes sense. Um, yeah, that, that was similar. Um, we spoke about WrestleMania 17 on the last podcast, and we talked about this was um, Jericho Regal opening match, yeah. where uh, Regal was working away on the shoulder of Jericho to take away that. Um, to take away the walls of Jericho, and, and this was similar. And like you say, it's logical. It makes sense. Yeah, it's a story. Yeah. So yeah, um, there was a, a a point where after the you know a bit of work on the arm by Rollins that Cesaro ends up going for the swing, and he can't really go through the motion of doing it because yeah. his his arms hurt. And then he, he transitions into a sharpshooter, which again, you know, logical. You've got somebody in that kind of position, right? What else can I do if I'm not going to be able to perform this swing? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll try to, to go into one of my other moves. There's a, a really good looking, uh, I don't know what to describe it as a corkscrew splash by Rollins on Cesaro. That was amazing. Yeah. Was it, that when he did a 360? Yeah. Okay, just that's so it cool. It just looked brilliant. Um, it's like a frog yeah. splash. Like he did a frog splash, but he spun in midair. So yeah, cracking. It was it was great. Um, I then started to get a little bit annoyed by the the commentators, though not to the extent that it ruined the match for me. But this seemed to be a theme through so many of the matches that after just a few moves, <laughs> and they haven't even done any of their signature moves. The, the commentators start questioning whether the, the, the wrestler's going to be really frustrated that he's not been able to put him away yet. And I'm looking thinking, there's there's been no curb stomp. There's, you know, I'm hey. just looking thinking, he's so much left in his arsenal that he can actually do both both performers. And they're just doing this thing of saying, oh, you know, he, he must be so frustrated he's not been able to put him away yet. And I'm thinking, what? I didn't pick up on that at all. That's funny. Did you not? Oh, no. It really annoyed me. And there's there's definitely I've got it in my notes for more than one match, so it must have been a thing that just kept going into my mind. The the, bit, the thing that Cole to me kept harping on about was the embarrassment of being in the swing. Um yeah. and like this was his thing that he was sticking to and speaking about the whole time. I do have a little worry in my mind. And I've kind of thought this with Cesaro a few times. This swing being almost a, you know, pantomime style move. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be such a focus, but the crowd still are into it, so it's fine. I just worry the future of it is, is that what Cesaro is in uh, some people's eyes? Is um, that the, the new stink face? Yeah. And, and he's got so much more about Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Uh, there's a. There's a moment, I remember him doing this at some points over the years uh, in the past, where um, there's a pedigree used by uh, Seth Rollins as well. 
Um, I think he maybe started adding it to his arsenal when he was kind of aligned with Triple H. Yep. And uh, he brings that out now and then. Um, so it's a, yeah, a pedigree for a, a near fall. Um, and then you get the uh, the swing for real. He's able to execute it. I think the I never know how they quite judge it because I didn't count the same number of revolutions as the <laughs> announcers did. But obviously, it was important for him to get to twenty three. Yeah. Um, the fans were the fans were just like away up at forty six or something like that. They're getting super <laughs> excited. Um, so yeah, they, 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 he went through that and then. Um, Went as it the neutraliser is that his, his finisher move? Yeah, his apparently moves? to me that was a Styles clash. I, I had never seen him doing yeah. this before, but they seemed to be thinking that this was his finishing move. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I thought it was a really good match. I thought two very smooth, very you know believable performers uh, working well together. Uh, a good match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just really hope they they kind of use it as a, a building block for Cesaro and yeah, it's not too. just doesn't just disappear again. I wouldn't. I I didn't. I would thoroughly enjoy to see them going again. Um, yeah. I think they've got a lot more and and stick them in a gimmick match as well. Um, yeah. If you stick a ladder in there or, or something like that, that'd be interesting as well. Yeah. Cesaro did this total crazy move where he had. Rollins on his shoulders and started spinning round and round. He was putting his yeah. hands on his hips. Michael Cole told us he calls us the UFO because he's not using hands. What? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, but I, and that's all just come flooding back to me. That, I think, do that, you, sorry, go. Do you see Rollins as like? I know he's not in the picture, but he, he is a main event level guy. And like just in in my eyes, if he was ever in the main event, you wouldn't be surprised to see him there. So mm-hmm. my hope is, uh, I think a a decent program, say a three match set between these two, will elevate Cesaro to be seen at that kind of level. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. Get get um get Rollins a win back through some sort of nefarious, mm-hmm. uh, cheating way, and then have the rubber match and. And have Cesaro narrowly win it and, yeah, elevate him. Yeah. That's not what they'll do. Probably um, not. Nah. <laughs> Top marks to Seth Rollins and Cesaro. Yeah, yeah um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Our next match was the Tag Team Championship between The New Day and Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash. <laughs> it, did, it did really have that feel about it. I just... Um, yeah, w- without having yet got to all the contents of the match, it it did just feel like they were wearing the masks of them. You know, it's, uh, this is this is your job, uh, AJ Styles. You know, you're going to take a beating in the ring for ages because it's all about getting the tag, <laughs> and then we get to see almost, and that's what everyone's waiting for. Uh, it was it was funny the parallels just just right there, not very well disguised. It paid off though. It, like it worked. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was odd. It was an odd, like it made sense, right? But the new day are these like unicorn riding, mm-hmm. uh, rainbow spewing, um, hyper faces, and yet the way that they went about this match was really heel like. Yeah. Um, it yeah, was. Yeah. It didn't really. 
make sense. Like it made sense. It made logic that that's what they would do. But from a face versus heel point of view, it didn't really make very much sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of a return to old school tag wrestling, mm-hmm. and that is what the heel team would have been doing. Mm-hmm. You isolate one guy, you cut the ring in half. You um, and it. You're right in what you say. It's logical. If you're in that match, you're thinking, right, we don't want that massive guy coming in. Um, so let's just try and keep AJ Styles over here. Although a little bit, working it like that, it's almost a little bit dismissive of AJ Styles' skill set. Um, because you don't know what you've got in almost, but in AJ Styles, you've got a guy that's been one of the top overall performers in the company for, what, five years? Something yeah. like that. Like the Shawn Michaels comparison isn't wild. No, um, he's, a, he's a great worker. And I think... I'm not sure, you know, what they're how long they're gonna play out the the almost story before I assume it'll turn on him, uh, one mm. way or the other. Mm. And then there'll be matches between them and it's probably a good guy to have in the ring with your new big monster to build him up and, you know, get him some confidence in the ring and yeah. things like that. Because I, I get the impression from what I've seen anyway, AJ Styles can work with anyone. Well, he had a great mania match with uh, Shane McMahon. Yeah. Um, Michael Cole says that the new day, this this guy's been drinking a big <laughs> bottle of Hyperbowl before this WrestleMania. Cole says that the new day may be the greatest tag team of all time. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see. I'd like to see the Legion of Doom versus the New Day. I, I, yeah. I, I I don't know. I never. I never took the New Day all that seriously, and I, I don't. I know that there is a lot of their their side that's supposed to be comedy and you know all their catchphrases and stuff like that. But I do remember back just a few years ago thinking the Uso, Usos were a genuinely very good tag team that could have existed in other eras and stuff mm. like that. And uh, the New Day, no, <laughs> just never would have thought that of them. No. Like I enjoyed Kofi Mania and I actually quite liked him as champion. Yeah. But then look how they threw him to Brock. Like, and then you're supposed to take yeah. him completely. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, so we had the New Day basically cutting off the ring. I, quite, I did quite like Xavier Wood saying we're effectively cutting the ring in half. <laughs> uh, that was quite funny. <laughs> um, so we're isolating. AJ Styles to build up the tension before we finally see Omos in his Saturday night gear get in the ring and and just fucking destroy them, basically. Yeah, I I don't know if I realise, because again, not watching the, the TV shows and things like that, I don't know if I appreciated how big he actually is. Uh, Me- I mean, remember, those three guys he's fighting are smaller guys yeah but yeah. he is you're right though he is ginormous I don't know what yeah. height he is actually but he's bloody massive yeah I mean when uh, AJ Styles went on his shoulders to, to deliver the uh, the phenomenal forearm I, I was looking thinking he's he's got quite a height going on there but yeah. he's I, I don't know whether you know obviously I think in the old days you would now have almost having matches against, you know, squash guys and things like that, which aren't really a thing on TV because hmm. there's too many stars to, to put people in squash matches, but I'm assuming they're going to feed quite a few people to him pretty soon now. Hmm. 
Like, how can you not now that you've seen them? Yeah. Um, I suppose the only issue with putting the tag team titles on them is that they're kind of tied, tied up in that. Yeah. Um, um, with not many tag teams, really. That uh-huh. can, you know, we were speaking about that. I can't really think of many tag teams. Yeah, I suppose it, it might form... You, you've quite often had situations where... Um, people have had the titles but there's you know they, they could even start creating the division between them you know while they're tag champs and things like that yeah. um, so we, we could see something like I didn't I didn't realise going into this that this was uh, uh, AJ Styles opportunity to to join the club of, of wrestlers that have had the, the world title the intercontinental title the US title and now the tag titles yeah. Yeah, Grand Slam champ, that's cool. Eh? Yeah, it's especially not having been in the company all that long. I know it's a few years now, but it's it's quite a quite a career he's had. Absolutely. So that was that was an entertaining match. Um for what it was, it was nice to see Omos and and what he can do. Yeah, I think it it got the job done. I think it did exactly what it, it was designed to do that match. I totally agree. So, yeah, again, we go from a, a high to to Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon with, um, who did we have? Oh, we had Jerry King Lawler coming out for God only knows why. <laughs> Must be a big Shane McMahon fan or something. Yeah. Um, so we had the cage match. So uh, did you did you understand the backstory having watched the package? Um, I, I understood what they were telling me the back story was <laughs> still that's <laughs> <laughs> two different things right <laughs> yeah I, I still couldn't really see it as justification for this being a Wrestlemania match um, uh, I, I hated it on paper when I saw it as you know Braun Strowman v Shane McMahon in a steel cage match just because I get having a you know, a Shane McMahon in a storyline and or a Vince McMahon in a storyline or whatever. And I wouldn't hate it that much if there was some ongoing multi months long logical storyline that Shane then ends up in the ring in a match. That's yep. fine. Yep. But this to force it in a very short period of time with no real angle and then just for the sake of it felt more like for the sake of getting Shane McMahon on the card mm, rather than that, getting That's Ron exactly Strowman what it was, wasn't it? Aye. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. And it didn't appeal to me. Um, and it it didn't really uh, suck me in while we were watching it either. So we, we had um, we had Jax Taylor from Sons Anarchy and uh, Elias come <laughs> out and jump Ron Strowman whilst he was just walking down to the cage. Yep. Um, they go to town with a couple of chairs, I think, on Bronze Leg. Yeah. Um, which causes, which causes, yeah, causes Bron to kind of fall over and gives him as an excuse as to why he's not overpowering this fifty-year-old man that's about ten inches yeah. shorter than him. Yeah. Um, Shane does a random coast to coast, like mm-hmm. when not. This is a problem. They just kind of throw things out like this didn't make any sense. That didn't. There was no build up to this. There'd been no back and forward or anything like that. He just climbed the cage and jumped across the uh, climbed the ropes, jumped across the ring f- to like give him the equivalent of a kick to the face sort of thing. Yeah, fucking nonsense. 
Um, there was a nice, there was a couple of nice little spots. Braun bounced off the cage and knocked Jax Taylor and Elias off the the cage, mm-hmm. and uh, and obviously when Shane was climbing down and and Braun pulled the cage apart, a unique little spot. I, it worked. It was quite good. I I quite liked the you know wave and then the catch of the hand and then the, <laughs> the but it I I almost feel more annoyed that that unique. Uh, element was wasted in this match because they could have done that in a you know a, a, a third match a rubber match between two performers who had real animosity between them for some logical reason that would work and, with Seth and Cesaro yeah I, I imagine that's when that had been done that would have been great yeah. but it, it, it annoyed me more that it happened here because it's just so throwaway you know yeah <laughs> So Braun wins, he power slams him and wins and he screams that this is for anybody that's ever been called stupid. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. Um, I, I, this, is, this is the kind of thing, see when we're talking before about who's this aimed at, who's the target demographic and how it used to be kids. So I'm, I'm taking from this that, you know, if a kid ever calls another kid stupid gonna have to build a cage and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, shit's gonna go down uh, I'm going on record if your child idolises a giant man who makes train noises and beats po- people up because they call them stupid your child is stupid <laughs> they're fucking stupid um, after that, we got the Hall of Fame 2020, yeah. uh, which was nice. Um, we had Scott Hall looking slightly dodgy. Uh, the NWO expat looked elated. Was that? Yeah, he did. He, what, he, he, sorry, he looked go. pretty good actually. He, he did. Looked, um, healthy. I he thought, did. Uh, back. Yeah. Um, with the Bella twins in this class as well, did we? Um, I'm trying to remember between. There was the, a 2021 and the 2020, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, I think I think Bella's were 2020. Um, it was quite stacked. They were they were both quite stacked. Yeah, they were. Cause I think yeah, I think the the NWO were the headline for 2020, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And Kane was maybe headline for 2021. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think Batista was supposed to be in this one as well, but they'd moved him. They're going to do it next year or something. Like that. I don't know if he's filming a movie or something. Yeah, I think they didn't know for sure whether there was going to be an audience as well, and it was felt like Batista. I assume with the sort of mainstream appeal now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they they wanted to maximise that, I think. So don't know how that would have made everyone in the you know, actually being inducted. And there was a crowd there in the end anyway. Um and I think they probably did the right thing not doing it last year, to be fair. I think yeah. that was probably the right move given they were doing it from the performance centre and no crowd at all. Yeah, agreed. Um Right. Here the here come here come here come the expletives. Because now we've got Miz and Morrison, we've got f- people dressed as the Easter Bunny bouncing <laughs> down the ring. Um, we've got Miz and Morrison coming down to some pish karaoke song that they've that they were half lip syncing, half rapping yeah. to. Um, then we've got a genuine wrestler come out, Damien Priest was not digging the electric purple trousers, but <laughs> apart from that, looked all right. 
And then we had Bad Bunny come out in one of Edge's old cast-off jackets from his brood days oh, on nice. a fucking lorry. <laughs> Have you ever seen anybody less imposing riding a lorry? When when, was... when Michael J. Fox was doing handstands on the top of that school bus, he was more imposing as a werewolf. It was quite a quite an intro for a non-wrestler. Um, but, yeah. I, I have to say... A few things about this. Go this for that. whole match and this whole setup. I have no issue with celebrities being brought in to do certain things at WrestleManias. That's fine. You know, it's ever since the first WrestleMania, there's been celebrities there. Yep. In in all sorts of functions, you know, ring announcer, um, even referees, you know, whatever function. And I've seen and heard a lot said about, you know, he actually did okay, Bad Bunny, in this match. It's not really the point. <laughs> it, I am relieved this was a tag match because, you know, it was originally billed as, uh, what was it, just Bad Bunny v. The Miz, yeah. um, which I, I don't know what that would have looked like, but the fact that he was able to execute a few moves and things like that, that's that's fine. You know, he got through it without embarrassing himself or hurting someone or anything like that. But I, I just don't get why he's in that spot. I don't, I, I, the only reason he's in that spot is because he's got, what, I don't know, 20 million, 40 million Twitter, Instagram followers. Yeah. So and I, I'm just imagining being one of the people, either that their match was moved to Friday Smackdown off, off Mania, mm-hmm. you know, or someone that didn't feature at all and has worked, you know, every house show, um, worked every TV, probably in a middling spot, and then just didn't get the call for Mania. It, it must be infuriating. Alistair Black's been not seen on anything for... Mm-hmm. Like, when, when Alistair Black got a call up from NXT, I think I said to you at the time, he'll be here main event WrestleMania mm-hmm. in a couple of years. And, um, yeah, all those guys that were in that Andre Battle Royal and SmackDown, like you said, the 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 really good four way uh, tag match on the SmackDown for the SmackDown tag team titles. I don't know if you've seen that or not. I didn't actually. Um, Street Profits, Dolph and Robert. Oh, Ridge. Yeah, they showed they showed like a highlights package of it. I think right um, on it might have been on the pre-show, right. um, which I kind of skipped through. Um, the Mysterios and, and um, Chad Gable and, and Otis they put in a really yep. good match like these people have been put aside and I get it you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible all that but like you say all the acclaim for Bad Bunny like oh, oh he was really good it, it's like the acclaim is because people are shocked at how good he was because he's not a wrestler Mm-hmm. But there's so many wrestlers that could have been in that spot that could have put on a really good performance. Uh-huh. Like it doesn't. To me, it's completely disproportionate. Yeah. Um, but I, I, sorry, I wouldn't have had as big an issue if he'd been, you know, in somebody's corner or something mm-hmm. like that. You Aye. know, that's fine. And surely you still get the eyeballs. You know, you still advertise it as this is a thing. And I don't know if part of it, maybe he really wanted to do this. Maybe he, he wanted to be in the ring and they kind of bowed to that. I, 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 I think I think the whole thing is he's like a huge fan and he's always 
um, being really respectful and I think apart I read the other day that he, he like shows like Smackdown clips uh, on his tour and stuff like that. he seems to be a, a massive big fan and he's supposed to be training really hard at Performance Centre and all that fine like you and I are massive big fans mm. uh, admittedly we don't have that many Instagram followers but not quite if we did I'd like to think that I would be able to say do you know what I'd don't think that I'll do this, but I will be a guest referee in yeah. a match between the Miz and Damien Priest, or I can perform the song when when it comes out or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Don't. It's fucking shite. The whole angle's shite. All this pish about drawing a uh, painting on his Bugatti. Like, who gives a shit about a millionaire's Bugatti getting painted on by these two jokers? Yeah. Uh, John Morrison is an amazing wrestler. The best thing he got, he got to do in this match was was um, help Bad Bunny give him a Canadian Destroyer, and, uh, yeah. and he did an absolutely epic spinner Rooney. Yeah, I, I did. As I was watching it, I was thinking that 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 move on the outside, that's like ninety nine percent of that has been performed by Morrison. The other you know, guy, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it it was pretty obvious watching it, and it yeah, it looked great, but. It doesn't happen if the the guy taking the move isn't a very skilled wrestler. Exactly. Like an impressive thing is Pat McAfee fighting Adam Cole, and Pat McAfee being the one that takes the Canadian Destroyer from mm-hmm. Adam Cole, and he does all the work. Yeah. Um, I was I, also a, a bit annoyed from a. I haven't seen a lot of Damien Priest, who is apparently very good, but you only saw so much of him in this and yeah he gets the hot tag and you know he goes on the offence and all that but he's he's only been able to you know work a few minutes of this match mm-hmm. um, because so much of it was having to get the bad bunny stuff in mm-hmm. yeah he had a really good I think he did, did he um, I, don't, I don't know you're playing or no uh, I think he debuted at the Rumble though yes if he did like he made a big impression at the Rumble yeah, he did. Yeah, and it's kind. Of, it's obviously not been wasted because he's had TV time because of Bad Bunny, but he probably looked at it as a bit like his henchman sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've probably wasted enough time in this. This yeah. was shit, and it should not have been on WrestleMania. Is that fair? Yep, agreed. Cool. Now I think we got a, a little video on night two that said, "You've tried your hardest with us. Now it's time for you to." Fuck off on tour. (laughs) (laughs) Triple H, I bet Triple H loves listening to Bad Bunny. Yeah, Yeah, he sort of he came out looking a bit, you know, badass biker as well. Triple H, and yeah, it was that was that was quite strange, but maybe that's it. And I kind of hope I I just don't ever need to see Bad Bunny in the ring again. That's oh, you're gonna you're gonna look him up on YouTube. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure it's my. It's my jam, that. Yep. Maybe look up some of his indie work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got to the main event, which had a, a also had a really shit backstory. Um, I think, did Bianca win the Rumble? Ah, she did. Yeah, she won the Rumble, and then there was this, I don't know, I, I think they were maybe trying to keep both babyface to some extent, and it was... The, the sort of the character that Banks plays, which is, you know, the boss character who is quite arrogant for a baby face and all that, and then 
trying to hold down, you know, almost pat on the head there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've done well. Um, but it felt quite forced. Aye. And I think Banks, like you say, a natural tendency is a heel. Yeah. Um, arrogant heel. Um, but but through that, uh, Bailey feud, she was playing the baby face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that worked because... Bailey was Bailey plays a play. Bailey played a really good heel, yep. um, and is really charismatic. Um, nevertheless, Michael Cole must add another shot of high hyperbole, hyperbole, hyperbole. Um, yep. Sasha Banks may go down as the best ever. Yeah, he didn't say uh, the best woman ever. Or the best women's SmackDown champion ever. She may go down as the best ever. Yeah. He, he, he was on a bit of a hyper, wasn't he? He was getting a bit ahead of himself. And I, I always feel a bit bad because you don't know what he's, uh, what he's saying being told. and what he's being fed. So it did seem a bit of a stretch, that one. I, I think there's every chance she has a, a very, you know, a stellar career. It's, it's going to be a good career. Um, and there's already plenty of accomplishments, but you you can't get she she wasn't even an afterthought when we were going through our top fives. She she, she wasn't mentioned. Damn it! What were we thinking? <laughs> and uh, we might have to revisit that top five goats uh, conversation. Yeah, we'll say sorry, Ric Flair. You're you're still out, but we are amending it. <laughs> Fuck the Undertaker. <laughs> Here's someone with a real WrestleMania streak. Sasha Banks 0-6 at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> um, this had some a couple of good bits. Um, like, I thought, yeah, the, the in-ring story is good, actually. Aye. Sasha Banks yeah. was really good. And, yeah. and Bel Air's just an absolute machine. Um, that gorilla press from, I've never seen anything like that before the gorilla press on the outside mm-hmm. and she walks up the steps with her still holding her yeah that, that was, was cool, cool. Um, I've got written down here worst flo- worst frog splash I have ever seen but I don't know I don't know who it was just check my notes and see if I say anything about that I don't seem to have written anything down down about that hmm yeah, not sure. I did notice, um, see, at the start, they were playing, Bel Air was quite emotional, almost in that I can't believe I'm here, I can't believe I'm, you know, in this match at this event type yep. thing. Uh, and ba- Banks was continuing the sort of cocky, you know, Sasha Banks routine, which was quite a nice contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, they've, uh, as you mentioned, that press slam walking up the stairs, that that was just impressive and I think she held her up for a suplex for a really long time as well yep. um, which was just impressive show of, of strength Yeah, she also she also did uh, a quite, a really, a really impressive 450 4, 420, 450 splash yeah. Yeah. Um, and Banks put her knees up, it looked, it, that looked genuinely yeah. sore I don't know how that wouldn't hurt um, yeah, that was good. That was that was a nice sequence. That um, and and it was quite an emo- like they did a really good job of just like you're saying there portraying the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, Bianca Belair, um, she shows her emotions in a really genuine way as a face. I've yep. seen her in NXT as a heel, and she she works really well as a heel as well. Okay, um, which is which bodes well for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, um, I hadn't really seen this happen before, but they they were using her her hair against her on quite a few occasions Mm -hmm. um, in the match, which I thought was quite an interesting twist and a a way to use things, and quite logical as well. Somebody's got hair like that. Um, Warriors should have tried that with Hogan. That's what what (laughs) that match was missing. (laughs) I just got a really funny image in my mind. (laughs) Stop pulling my hair, brother. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say on this. I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I think I had a bit of a sour taste in my mouth from Ms. Morrison and Bad Bunny and Damien Priest, but um, I think this did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, raised the emotions, raised the stakes, um, and, went uh, out in a the, high. There was a... Like, the finishing sequence was quite good, um, and then Michael Cole. Uh, oh God! He seemed to convince himself that <laughs> there'd been a kick out, and I, I, I don't know. Where, like, there's just this few seconds where I'm looking, thinking, I, I, I think she's won. I, I don't think there was a kick out, and then the other announcers are kind of a bit quiet, and you're like, ah, he's, he's, he's just fucked up. That's that's all it was. That was weird. I, I've got to assume. I know JR always used to say he didn't want to know the outcome of the matches because he wanted to call it as if, you know, somebody's seeing it for the first time and he wants to be able to react that way. Mm-hmm. I assume Michael Cole wouldn't have known what the finish was um, and he, he must have genuinely thought that there was a kick out. <laughs> it was weird. That's the risk you run, I suppose, with that sort of thing, yeah. But yes. yeah, it kind of, it's not taken away anything at all. But no. um, like if you go back and watch that again, you'd be like, "What are you on about, mate?" Yeah. Um, aye, that was odd. But uh, aye, a nice way to finish. Uh, a nice way to finish night one, which was yep. on the whole passable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, if you look at the, you know, Lashley McIntyre um, being a, a a solid match, um, Cesaro Rollins being very good. Um, you know the the almost situation from from that tag match, um, and then that that main event. I think there was enough in there for it to be you know a a, a decent night. Yeah, agreed. And if that was a one off pay per view, it'd be a good pay per view. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Night two. Night two. Right. <sighs> I've got I've got an exclusive for you, Adam. Okay. Just bear with me two seconds. I'm gonna um, get a little bit of um, a little bit of footage because I managed to speak to a friend of the show, Randy Orton. Ah. Um, just to to find out what he thought about his match with the Fiend. So just just bear with me two seconds. Okay. Randy, th- thanks for joining us on the the Middle Aged Outlaws podcast. Really appreciate. It. I know you're a busy man. Um, I just wondered what you made of your your match with the Fiend on night two of WrestleMania. How do I put this? The absolute drizzling shit. <laughs> so, so that was that was that was Randy. Thanks, Randy. Um, nice of him to stop by. Yeah. Uh, talk to me. You know, right. you, sorry, you, you you spoke about. How night one, um, they started us off with a bang with Lashley McIntyre. Yeah, this was a bad call. Yeah, so I I had my fear about this match going in because 
I, I, I don't like kind of where they've gone with the Fiend character. I don't... It's almost like they boxed, them, boxed themselves into a bit of a, a storyline corner and there isn't anywhere logical, even before this match, to mm-hmm. go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of Bray Wyatt when he was uh, kind of playing the cult leader type um, and, you know, a little bit of the 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 sort of Max Cady from Cape Fear type character, mm-hmm. which I, I, I got quite into. And then I really liked The Fiend when it debuted, but... Uh, I think there's always been this fear of, well, where do you go? What's next? And um, the Alexa Bliss stuff playing in, and it just, you know, even in the montage before it that I watched, I was thinking, this is, <laughs> this is weird. I don't know. I don't know what this is meant to be. I don't know what's going on. And the the worst bit about it, because not knowing can be fine, but I didn't care, like, mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I just thought, I've seen Fiend Orton before, I don't care. And I think you mentioned to me earlier that apparently Fiend was supposed to go over. This this was all changed quite late in the day for the bizarre reason that nobody will see it coming. Uh, what? Classic um, Pritchard. Yeah, and it, even if the Fiend had one, I mean, where do you go? Where where, where is this going? Who and, gives a Like you say, who gives a shit? Yeah. Really? And, it, it felt like a, a waste of Orton, who, you know, is, is a good performer yep. and can kind of go up against pretty much any opponent and anywhere on the card, really, um, could be used to elevate young guys and things like that. And The Fiend, who, you know, Bray Wyatt, who can, I think, have a lot to offer as a performer and as a character, but this was just nothing and pointless. It, it may as well not have happened. Agreed. That that's exactly what I've got written down. This is a waste to Randy Orton. Um, you've essentially wasted by doing that magical, mystical thing that um, the fiend walked through, where all the all the burnt marshmallows came off him um, before he came out. You've basically um, rubbed out. You've erased the last whatever it was, last two months or, or however long this shite's been going on for. Yeah. Um, I think they were selling merchandise based on them looking that way, by the way. <laughs> That's awful. Um, but I, the, the, you've wasted all that, it's gone, and now he's just back to being the fiend. You've got, all, like you say, you've got all this nonsense with Alexa Bliss. By the way, you know this ca- these cameos that um, WWE are doing, and you can mm-hmm. pay $500 to get a cameo? Um, they must be working with the FBI or something because they need to have a list of the people that are requesting a cameo from Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss behaving like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty weird. That's questionable behaviour. Anyway, yeah. if you if you are buying a cameo from Alexa Bliss for $500, we will find you. How about that? Or we'll get Chris Hansen. To find that's, you. That's better. That seems like less effort for cool. us. Right. Yeah. Have a seat right there. <laughs> um, aye. Like you say, and so they've got her come down. Randy looks, uh, Randy looked pretty cool in the white stuff. I thought. Yeah. Um, rare to see him in that uh, colour. Um, Alexa comes down, opens up this big fucking gimmicked box. The fiend comes out. 
uh, like it's all theatrical. That's the problem with the fiend is he has mm-hmm. he has to get in the ring and wrestle. Yeah, and you take everything away when he gets in the ring. Yeah, and and uh, I think the thing is, you know, he probably can wrestle. It's it's just it's, not. He's just got Bray Wyatt. It's just Bray Wyatt, isn't it? Yeah, he's doing the exact same stuff as Bray Wyatt ever did. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I think unless you're The Undertaker as a gimmick, it's going to have a shortish shelf life, mm-hmm. and it's it's gone. It's it, it needs he needs to find a totally different character, I think, and then you kind of have to accept that that's probably going to have a short shelf life as well. Right. Um, and it's I think it's going to be about reinvention and how they do it because this for me is done, and I'm sure I'm not alone. We're we're not alone in that. It's just done. Move on. Well, we'll get more matches fit, though, won't we? We'll, no we'll probably get more of it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. I've I've not watched Raw or anything like that, but I think I read that. Alexa Bliss believed this could be totally wrong but I think I read that Alexa Bliss believes that she is more powerful than the fiend and she can she can exist without him these days that's why she did that's why she had oil pish and fair eyebrows <laughs> ah of course I should have realised <laughs> all makes sense now <sighs> there wasn't even a good reason Behind yeah. it, people were theorising why, what if it was to do Alistair Black, um, because of the way she was sitting and all that sort of stuff. That would have at least been half intriguing, yeah. interesting, maybe. Um, please give Randy Orton something better to do. Yeah, so like you say, stick him anywhere else on this card, and like stick him in that Seamus and Matt Riddle botch fest. <laughs> uh, at least he would. I don't know. He doesn't seem to care, does he? And I, I, I don't think, you know, I, when I watched the Broken Skull session with him, he did talk about the fact he he doesn't say no to an awful lot of things, but... <laughs> Clearly. Like, he, even when he was asked to work with Drew McIntyre, apparently at first he was like, really? I, I don't know. You know, what, what am I going to get out of that? But he ended up really enjoying the programme. Maybe he thought... With this, uh, maybe maybe I'll enjoy it when I do it, but he's probably regretting that now. Hmm. We'll see where it goes. Well, actually, we won't see where it goes because we'll probably not be touching anything current for a long time. <laughs> um, it didn't get any better. We had we had our victors from night one, Natalia and Tamina, uh, taking on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the women's... Is this the women's tag team titles or is it yeah. raw tag team titles or are they just universal? I don't know. I've just written women's tag team titles, but don't take that who, as who, a... Who yeah. cares? Yeah. This was kind of... Shayna Baszler's good and I liked her in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a fairly decent match with Becky Lynch last WrestleMania. Yeah, I think she... She strikes me as somebody that Vince just lost all of his interest in. She's not a sports entertainer, is she? Yeah. She's a bit too, I think, um, MMA style mm-hmm. um, for for Vince to hold enough of an interest. But at least she she was still on the card, I suppose. Um, True. But yeah, the, the it didn't. Yeah, I, I just again I wasn't very interested. Aye, I actually thought that um, Baszler and Jax might drop the titles and they might do something different with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them to do something with them with the, that raw women's title picture because well we'll get on to that 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know about you, but watching this match, I was getting flashbacks to WrestleMania 3 when, when Tamina slammed Nia Jax. It just it brought all that feeling of Hogan slamming Andre right back. <laughs> It wasn't the most convincing slab I've ever seen. It's like, here, jump up yeah. and then fall back down again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, aye. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax retain their titles. We don't care. Yeah. Um, the next match, two guys that I think we both are fans of, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciated some of the stuff that Kevin Owens did with uh, Roman Reigns round about turn of the year mm-hmm. uh, some good matches with them um, and I've actually written down here that I felt that um, Kevin Owens he d- he deserves being involved in some sort of main event a yeah. Wrestlemania main event don't think he's yeah. had one no I, I don't think he has and I, I agree I'd like you really like both um, Kevin Owens Sami Zayn two guys that I think have kind of been especially Sami Zayn underused mm-hmm. a bit over the, the last couple of years um, and I, again I had to catch up in the story a little bit by watching the, the package at the start and it was quite good it was a good package it showed, I, I knew from the last pay per view that Sami Zayn had the camera crew and was uh, thinking there was a conspiracy against him and all that and then seeing what I more needed to see is how Owens kind of fitted into that and mm-hmm. it, it explained that because I knew going in that they'd, they'd been friends and They've things got a like back that story, yeah, yeah and it just sort of brought that back into my mind which was good um, and I, I quite like the story and I like the character Sami Zayn's playing um, I think it, it kind of suits him he's, he's, he's playing it in a very believable way um, and it's, it's just given him something to I think probably sink his teeth into a bit um, and I, I thought the whole story of you know Kevin Owens as the you know the friend who's like look just listen to me, you know, just hear me out. If I see anything, I'll speak up, but you, you're you're kind of flying off on this conspiracy theory thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is this is all very believable storytelling. I, I, I liked it. Um, and I, I, I didn't hate the match, actually. I, I thought the match was, was, was pretty good. Yeah. Um, they have chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. They, they can work together. Um, I wasn't as big a fan of the involvement of Logan Paul, but at least he, you know, throughout the duration of the match, he wasn't in the ring. You know, mm-hmm. he was kind of just sitting uh, on the sidelines, looking on. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought it was a pretty good match, actually. Yeah, I, yep, I, I definitely enjoyed it as well. There were some good spots in it. Um, I liked the the Michinoku driver. Yes. that uh, Sami Zayn hit and I liked yeah. Michael Cole did something good he shouted Michinoku Driver somebody else called it something Yeah. Um, and he called it Michinoku Driver so thank you Michael Cole we salute yeah. you for that there was there was a nice uh, series of offence by Sami Zayn uh, one of the moves I've written down was a brain buster um, and on, on just, the apron yeah was that, oh, uh, that's hellacious and he, he, he got quite a good uh, bit of momentum going and I think going into it it's one of those where I was like yeah Owens is going to get the win and you kind of know the way that it's all going to play out in that Sami Zayn will be in some way having a confrontation with Logan Paul at the end of this in some way or another 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I quite like Owens using the stunner as well. Yeah, me too. I know he's, he's done it a while, um, and it's it's one of those moves. It's always going to be associated with Steve Austin, uh, Stone Cold. Of course it is, but it doesn't mean to say somebody else can't pick it up and you know put their spin on it and use it and things like that. It suits them. Yeah, it does. Um, so yeah, I I thought um, you know. Like you say, hopefully this is maybe going to be some momentum for Owens. I know he was in the title picture uh, when he was up against Roman Reigns for a, a series. I think they did the right thing, not taking the title off Reigns, but I do think Owens is a guy they can they can use near the top of the card. Yeah, I, I wrote down that Kevin Owens is keen um, in that it doesn't matter where they put him, whether it's in tag teams or in the title picture, he can hold the title and you believe him. Um, he can go all the way down to like US title or, or uh, the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Um, he fits in anywhere and he does a really good job anywhere. Yeah. Um, I like the finish to this, the, the, the two super kicks and, and then the stunner. Like you say, yeah. the stunner works for him. Yeah. And uh, I like Logan Paul getting stunned as well. Yeah, that that was good. And that, again, it was logical the way it played out. You know, right. you've got Logan Paul almost like you know aligning himself with the winner, um, and then you know the the sort of logic of Kevin Owens being like, well, you know, why why do I care about Logan Paul? Sami Zayn was my friend. You know, I, I'm I'm not that pleased with the way this is all going. Yeah. Um, and then just giving him the stunner kind of kind of made sense. I thought. Agreed. I liked it. Um, in the back we get the the RVD riddle and Great Cali segment that we've all been fiending <laughs> for uh, I actually found that genuinely funny um, I can't even remember what they were talking about but oh, was he talking about you should open a giant store with giant toilets yeah. and giant scooters bro yeah. I like yeah. this I, I take it you're not a big fan of this <sighs> Do you know, I, I just... It's fine for what it is. You know, it's um, it's not taking itself seriously. Um, I just worry a little bit from Riddle's point of view that this is the character he's... He's stuck with it now. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that Vince will ever be able to see past it. Because um, it's, you know... RVD being there was quite a you know it, it was RVD was never that character no. in ECW and then Vince just decided this is how I see you and I don't know if he ever moved past it with RVD he likes smoking dope <laughs> yeah so yeah I do I, I just worry a wee bit from a from a future point of view for, for Riddle um, if that's it now if that's mm. what he is forever I do like the scooter entrance okay. as well <laughs> he amuses me he's clearly he clearly seems to be enjoying himself yeah um, and um, he comes across as he, he has got a good balance of coming across as somebody who doesn't take things too seriously but does in the ring mm-hmm. which which is good because that's you know that's a, a good balance to have because you you need to be seen as taking things seriously in the ring um, you know who we're describing Adam who's come that come on Kurt Angle ah yeah yeah okay former shoot fighter <laughs> turned sports entertainer 
You're going to keep pushing this one on good, me. Good at comedy <laughs> backstage, intense in the ring. Come on. Anyway, let's talk about the match. I know that you didn't like it. Oh, right. So I, I did mention to you that I was going to watch it again uh, because I watched it the first time and all I kept seeing were mistakes. And I, I, I've heard like Bruce Pritchard will say, you know, live TV, there's no such thing as a mistake. If that happens, it's because it was meant to happen, you know. And that's fine, I get it, because... What sort of reason is that? That, that doesn't well, make I, sense. I think, I think what he's kind of getting at is a lot of wrestling is positioned as uh, almost like a synchronised, you know, dance routine or something like that. Chore- choreography, yeah. Yeah, and when you're in a fight with somebody, not everything's going to go off perfectly. You know, not every move is going to be executed exactly the same way every time things like that and but I this get is, that this is fake fighting though yeah and the, the there were a couple of I do see I do see a lot of upside with Riddle as long as he doesn't get too uh, bogged down with the birds bro dude you know all that um, <laughs> I, I do think there's a, a potential absolute superstar in there mm-hmm. um, and like Kurt Angle, a bit, and I, I just, I just want to, you know, keep that kind of comparison, you know, down a bit because, <laughs> I mean, Kurt, Kurt Angle is a drug uh, addict. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't make our top five, but I would have had him in the conversation if I'd been doing a ten. Um, mm. And there's, there are some similarities, and you know, he's clearly got amazing athletic skills, Riddle. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the moves, like the, there's a move where they're they're on the top turnbuckle, and he does like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, a suplex, but he carries him over and and lands on top of him, and it's smooth and it looks amazing. Um, it's like a he, like a like a Spanish fly, but but a belly to belly, like yeah. it landed on top of him. And you know he's he's obviously I think from what the announcers were saying got a bit of a moniker for being innovative like you'll you'll kind of create moves and things like that and that I think was an example of just something that I've probably seen similar things but you hadn't seen that before mm-hmm. and it looked great um, the worry I had was that there were just a, a few spots that that didn't look right um, and. There was, there's obviously, I think the one people would have picked up on was the one where Seamus was going to, I don't know what his move's called, where he kind of had um, Riddle up on the, the top turnbuckle and he was going to do some sort of slam or, you know, something like that onto him from the top rope. And I think Seamus has very quickly realised, I'm not going to have the footing for this. So he's played it safe and dropped down to the mat, which was the right thing to do if he thought, shit, this could go wrong. Because um, yeah. he never really seemed to gain his balance on the, the, the top turnbuckle. It's a shame because it, it looked bad. You know, it looked like, yeah, this is clearly not what's supposed to happen, but you're better bowing out rather than potentially hurting both of you, you know, um, which is what could have happened if he tried to go through with it and execute it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that had stood out in my mind. There was also a point where, just like a standing suplex, um, Riddle couldn't get Seamus up. Yeah, that was weird. And then he did it again, 
and the landing didn't look great off it. And I just kept thinking, is he going to drop him on his head? <laughs> you know, and uh, and I, I wasn't sure. Did you think, you know, the finish of the match? I'm getting maybe a wee bit ahead of myself. Did you think that was supposed to be executed like that? I think so. I think so. I, I don't know if they mistimed it or something, though. Because he, he clearly took an actual kick, Riddle. Uh-huh. You know, and um, and that's fine. You know, you get a bit of blood and things like that, and um, it, it just it looked a bit messy, and I wasn't sure if he if, if there'd been a little bit of mistiming between the two of them. I think I thought, like generally, I thought the whole match was quite stiff. At at times, it looked like they were. I don't know. I th- Seamus especially, I felt was. I, I don't know if it, I don't really remember seeing a lot of Seamus matches but it felt like yeah like I say like a lot of it was really quite stiff um, and they were really hitting each other you know Mm -hmm. it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all if Seamus is a stiff worker I think that that maybe would be his style Mm. Um, I think I I remember thinking when he had match with McIntyre it looked pretty stiff as well between the two of them Um, so yeah I, I just um I kept thinking as I was watching the match that they didn't have great chemistry between them mm-hmm. because there seemed to be so many elements where the timing was off and things like that. Quite awkward. Yeah, and that's not to say that either is a bad worker. It's just, I think sometimes it just, they don't mesh together that well, the two of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do I do agree with you in thinking that there is a lot of potential upside in Riddle. Um, I think he's, He's got quite a natural charisma about him, mm-hmm. even when he's you know got the kind of gimmick he's he's got just now. In the ring, he comes across charismatic. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got something very watchable about him. Yeah. Um, Seamus doesn't. He's kind of kind of feels a bit the opposite. <laughs> not to <laughs> not to come across too harsh, but he's never. I remember when he had the world title and stuff like that, and I just never bought it uh, it just didn't do anything for me Seamus uh, actually I've got that written down here is there anyone out there who is in fact a Seamus fan oh, yeah. there can't be many and, and I was also noting that in in kayfabe Seamus is just a complete dick like like he just <laughs> like I believe I'm saying the sentence he just wrecked his scooter for no reason but like, just like going back over other things that he's done, he's just a bit of a dick. Like That's not like a, a not like a heel dick. Like oh, he's he's a bad guy sort of thing, and you're supposed to think that, but he's just a bit of a dick. Just like a like an adult version of a school bully or something like that. Aye, well, yeah. with less charisma and worse <laughs> hair, and no friends or tan. <laughs> Fuck you, Seamus. Yeah. Being anyway. pale's this thing. That's his gimmick. <laughs> Translucent. Right. <laughs> I think we've said enough about that. We're looking forward to seeing more riddle matches. That's what we're saying. Yeah. The next yeah. current angle. Well, I do wonder oh. what's next for him. Because... Rey Mysterio? Mm, okay. No. <laughs> um, I do, because... the. I was a bit surprised they took the title off him, to be honest. I, I, th- I thought he would come out as, as winner of that match. And Do you think of push? Yeah, and, but it, sometimes th- that is what they're doing when they take the, that sort of level of belt off somebody. Mm. They're, they're actually 
doing it because they have bigger plans in mind for for the guy. Um, I don't know if he's ready to go into like a world title program, but it might be that he's matched up with somebody quite high in the card, which which I think would be good for him. Maybe maybe Braun's ready to stand up to him for anybody that's ever been knocked down by a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. we've got our um, our first ever, certainly for me, a Nigerian drum fight, which yeah. we found out is just a straightforward non-disqualification match with artefacts that they've stolen from places uh, yeah. around the ring, like a gong and things like that. Um, yeah. I I have one, my first note about this, because again, I'm watching the build there's obviously I've I've heard it in the past said that there's all these words that Vince doesn't want said on air and you're not supposed to say hospital you're supposed to say medical facility mm-hmm. I'm listening to Big E who, who says the words all in the build as I laid up in a medical facility <laughs> he just sounded like an idiot ah <laughs> <sighs> uh, but anyway, that's beside the point. It's just something I noticed and I, I obviously took the effort to write it down because it just didn't, just sounded stupid. I noticed that, you know, saying that, I, I noticed Michael Cole saying fans quite a lot. Um, and I thought Ooh. they weren't supposed to say fans. I thought they were supposed to refer to them as a WWE universe. But yeah, I think that's right. Um, this at least had some semblance of a build. Like, I, I wasn't entirely intrigued by it, but it mm. at least had a bit of a build um, Apollo Crews has watched Blood Diamond <laughs> and uh, started speaking like DiCaprio's character um, and he's turned into uh, this is a, obviously a bit of a thing he's turned into a dick and has started bringing a spear with him to the ring um, and he wanted to have a Nigerian drum fight with Big E who he'd assaulted that's the backstory essentially yeah. Um, couple of big spots in this. Uh, like I said to you on text, I don't really believe Big E. I know a lot of people are quite high on him, but I don't. I don't really. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't think. Um, a lot of people saying he's being groomed to fight to to challenge Roman, but I just don't see it. Nah, I, I I quite I think I quite liked him as part of the group. You know, when they had the new day as a sort of. Three, three man tag team and things like that, and I I quite liked him as comedy. I mm-hmm. thought he he came across as quite funny actually, um, which I, I I don't want to say that was his spot and that was his level and that's what I think of him as. But I did find him more believable in that kind of role. But but then like a bit of a powerhouse in the ring. Yeah, yeah, and, and that worked. But. Like you say, when he's coming across with this sort of um, impassioned speech, it's just a bit like, all right, okay. Yeah. Okay, mate. Um, they had a half decent match. Um, I like that he hit him with a, a Apollo standing on the apron, and, and Biggie yeah. does a spear from from the inside yeah. out th- uh, through the ropes. I like yeah, that. That's, that's good. good. Um, Apollo tries to do a concerto with the steps, mm-hmm. which was. It would have been murder if he'd managed to do that. <laughs> um, there's a point where they both had kendo sticks right at the start. Yeah. B- because 
in a Nigerian drum fight, the first thing you're supposed to get is a kendo stick and then have a duel. So um, Kevin Dunn decides to just start flicking all the camera <laughs> buttons <laughs> as they're hitting each other, and I nearly skipped it because I was like, I am going to have an epileptic fit. Yeah, uh, I think um, someone, there's a, a former uh, wrestler, is Lance Storm tweeted that he, he had to put it off and he said that he was that he was enjoying the show and he was really looking forward to I think well the main event but he, he had to actually switch it off because he was feeling unwell what this match or the main event the this match bloody hell because of, because of what was going on with the cameras and the lights and stuff like that um, yeah when they were hitting each other with those kendo sticks it was ridiculous like, yeah. like I don't know just really odd yeah it's like when somebody points that out to you you, you can't unsee it yeah these flick, the flicking of the cameras it's ridiculous um, is there anything else you wanted to kind of highlight in this match with so the, the, the last thing I've got in my notes is um, some massive guy appears <laughs> and destroys Big E <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was Damien Priest. I was like, oh, he's back. They're giving him something decent to do. Who did you think you thought it was? I thought... Tamina. At first glance, Tamina, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I can't, it was one of those where I thought, because I don't watch TV, have I missed something? But then I think the announcers are, are playing the same. They're like, who is that? And stuff like that. Mm. So obviously that, that is just somebody who has first time appeared on the night and is aligned with Apollo Crews. I think it's a guy that was on, you know, uh, Raw, they had Raw Underground. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? like Baba Babu Tende or something like that. Does that ring okay. a bell with you at all, no? Slight, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's obviously... They're obviously going with the whole Nigerian um, gimmick and he's aligned to Apollo Crews. Yeah. Fair enough. That's them taking yes. the title off Big E. Maybe he will get pushed similar to what we were just saying about mm. Riddle. Oh, dear. Um, then we had the Raw Women's title match. Yeah. Um, which was not good as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I... I struggled a little bit with it in that um, I feel like if you go back a couple of years ago it felt like the women's division was on fire mm -hmm. and you know justifiably main event in Wrestlemania and things like that it does feel like it's it's dipped a bit and it's not to say there aren't good performers in it of course there are um, and the, the match uh, on night one that ended up being the main event I think kind of justified itself being in that slot Um this one, it just really felt less than. Um, and I hadn't seen an awful lot of Rhea Ripley, who's, you know, a very physically imposing, impressive-looking performer. Um, I'd seen Asuka in a few matches. Um, and, I, I, again, a good performer and all that. I think she, she came in really hot from... Um, NXT and you know basically went and won everything and then kind of was never in the top spot from then on really um, but I don't know it, it just didn't really do a lot for me nah um, yeah. there's a few botches in this as well it just yeah, looked really were. bad yeah um, we had just this it goes back to this demographic thing and who is this who listens to that music 
<laughs> like I know we're in the middle aged stylos and all that, but yeah. that's fucking garbage. The the the, the sort of I, I just is it too much to expect a singer would be able to sing? I don't, I don't know. Oh, that sounds like an old person thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're just, you know what you're, you were hoping for was, we're motorhead and we're gonna <laughs> kick your ass, and then yeah. like mumbling through, forgetting all the lyrics. That's what we're after. <laughs> you know, this shit is um, the tenth wonder of the world. Rhea Ripley comes out and does her big stomp thing, and the fireworks didn't go off, so she did it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So. Uh, uh, I mean, they've they've put over Rhea Ripley, and I assume they're gonna. She's gonna be a bit of a monster champion. Yeah, um, I think yeah. so. I think Which, Triple H will be a big Rhea Ripley fan. Yeah, and you know that's that's fine. It just it didn't grab me, and it's not to say that you know a few months down the line I might see a match of hers and think oh, that was good, but I, I I just don't see anything in it just now. Me too. I agree. I did like I did like Rhea Ripley paying homage to the road dog with a pump handle slam. She yeah. forgot to do the little like thrusty bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, new champion. Well done, Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Um, I think I've missed out the Hall of Fame. I don't I don't know at what point that was, but we had we had the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I think well. it. I could be wrong, but it might have been before the Oscar Ripley match. Ah, okay, so with RVD Kane, um, was this the with with one of the guys from backstage got the the Warrior? Yeah. Award. Um, I think was this the night? Was this the one British Bulldog was in, or was he night? He one? was the first night, I think. The first night. Bischoff was in this one. So yes. Looking yeah. goddamn beautiful. He was. Yeah. <laughs> that man knows good hair. Absolutely, I'm very jealous. Um, we got a trailer for uh, Saul Goodman's new attempt at being the next Liam Neeson. Yep. Um, because obviously, if you're watching WrestleMania, then you're into shit films. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a trailer, um, which leads us to the crown jewel of. WrestleMania, the, the the main event of main events, um, Roman Reigns, the champion, versus the Royal Rumble winner Edge, versus Daniel Bryan in a triple threat match. Yes. Um, this was this was well worth sitting through all of this shite on on night two for me. Yeah, anyway, I, th- I think we've we've talked before about what like. We definitely talked about all the WrestleManias and, you know, a great main event uh, being on top and you want it to feel like the main event and, you know, it can be a big letdown or it can kind of make the show um, worth having watched through. And this was awesome. And I remember I'd watched it before you and I I didn't want to message you anything about it until you'd watched it because I thought if I... If I say anything, it might either big it up too much and then, mm. you know, you go in with expectations really high or it might, uh, you, you might watch it and not think it was awesome and I might be like, what? <laughs> and I, I just thought, no, I'll say nothing. I'll just not mention it at all. And I'd also been really sceptical about adding Daniel Bryan to it mm-hmm. beforehand because I, I didn't think it needed it and I still think it would have been a very good one-on-one match. But 
I just thought it was a brilliant match yep I agree um, some of the things around this match obviously Edge had his Wrestlemania like return last year but he didn't get a chance to do that in front of the crowd so yeah. although he had been showing heel tendencies in the run up and the, the build up he certainly wasn't received as a heel um, no. it's really nice to hear that to legitimately hear that pop for him um, and he was loving it I thought we might have got a, a live Alter Bridge um, performance yeah. but uh, apparently Brutality by Ash Costello was uh, was higher priority anyway um, and I, I like that I like the whole kind of thing about these three guys have all had to step away at some point due to illness or mm-hmm. or injury and here they are basically the three biggest stars on this yeah. this show and they really are um, both nights I would say are your three biggest stars and and what they've done with Roman is like just ridiculously elevated him above anybody else in the yeah. company as far as yeah. I'm concerned uh, he's total box office Mm-hmm. I, I really liked see when you talk about the intros you've got quite a sort of contrast between you know Daniel Bryan playing the probably playing up to the this could well be my last ever Wrestlemania I think his contract's up before the next Mania right. um, and you know he's the he, he got some of his yes chants and all that but he was playing the I am very happy to be here <laughs> and then you got Edge coming out to a really good pop from the crowd, but he is the hyper intense Edge, and there's this element about Roman Reigns now, who I wasn't sure this would all work. You know, even turning him heel, I, I didn't have the confidence that he could get over massively. But there's this sort of calm, quiet confidence about him now. And even just on the the intro and the walking down, he played it so perfectly. And he's, you know, clearly full of belief that I deserve to be here. I deserve to be on top. I am the man. And it just comes across. Mm-hmm. And it's like this new confidence. It's it's really impressive to see. Uh, he's he's, he's um, exuding character without even doing anything. This slow yeah. amble to the ring with a head held high and he's got... Um, Heyman special counsel Paul Heyman like weirdly staring at him all the time yeah. don't know if you've ever noticed that I have yeah it's like this um, <laughs> this almost adulation look it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite something actually because um, he I don't even really remember him doing that with Lesnar no it, it, was, it was a far more you know he's my buddy type yeah. dynamic uh, with Lesnar and uh and Jey Uso, like what I find, I think what they've been able to do with Jey Uso and what he's been able to do to separate himself, like you don't really think about him as a guy that's missing his brother as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've done a really good job with him, and he's like that dastardly pain in the ass that 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 won't stop appearing. Yeah. Um, and I like the t-shirt, right hand man. Like mm-hmm. all, all that character suits him, and I think he's really good at it. It's a great role for him, and I think it does just show it's probably an indication of how many really talented guys there are backstage that they're just not utilising properly. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can be in the main event. Not everyone can be the top guy. But everyone can be playing a role. Mm-hmm. And he has found this role and he's excelled in it. Yeah, 
absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so, so some of the some of the spots in here were just it was just spot after spot, and you get that with a triple threat because yep. you can take a guy out and the other guys can go at it. Then somebody comes back in, you got another combination of guys, um, and it worked really well. Yep. Uh, I liked Edge taking out Jey Uso after Jey just a complete menace straight in the ring and uh, super kicking people and all that sort of stuff um, and, and Edge gives him the face bust eh, the eh, the brain buster on the on the stairs mm-hmm. uh, sacrifices himself and takes him out the match um, I think I may be jumping quite far ahead here but there's a, a spot where Edge and Roman both go for the spear yeah, and they're like a couple of buffalo smashing into each other and head. I thought it was a really good spot. Yeah, I really liked that spot as well because it hadn't, it hadn't really crossed my mind that there's two guys in there who use the same move. Um, and then when it happened, because I think they'd both individually done spears or gone for spears in the match, so it all it all made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was it was good because I, I hadn't seen that before. I thought that was a a good thing for them to put in. And, Everyone got their chance to have their, you know, their their period of offense and things like that, but they didn't do too much of the all three guys in the ring yeah. at the same time. Yeah, um, and I thought that was good because it it almost one gets in the way of the other and things become illogical and you end up looking thinking, well, you know, why is that guy just taking a breather just now? They they had it logical where there would be a big spot Aye. either at times by Jey Uso taking somebody out or <laughs> somebody's taken out on the outside and they're not going to play a part for a little while. I just thought it was it was really logically done. Yep. No, agreed. I think from here you've got two really big spots that um that are like the main part of the match. So you've got Roman standing up on the steps, power bombing Daniel Bryan through the table, which was brutal. Yeah. Yep. He's standing mouthing off to the crowd and uh, Edge spears him off the steps, which was class. Yeah, that was good. And like Roman's getting genuine heat for the crowd there, and Edge just kind of comes out of nowhere and hits him yep. with a spear. Um, then you've got Roman and Edge back in the ring. Edge is putting in chairs like he's, you're thinking to yourself, concerto in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman takes it off him and eventually Edge ends up sticking him in a crossface. Yeah. Then out of nowhere Brian appears and uh, and he sticks on is that his yes lock that he, he yeah. put put on and they're both they're both got the submission on, on Roman that was incredible. I've never seen that done before, I don't know about you. Yeah, I think I have in a triple threat before and I think it was maybe in the uh, Jericho Benoit angle. Um, I think Kurt Angle ended up in both the um, Benoit's crossface and the Walls of Jericho at Uh, the same time. Um, But what I really liked about this, there was a point Reigns was about to tap, to tap out, and Brian jumps in the ring and catches his hand uh, just before he applies his move. I just thought, you know, really nice little spot to put in. I thought that was good. And Edge is looking at a bit, it's almost a, a little bit of comedy there. And Edge is like, let go <laughs> to Daniel Bryan. And then they start headbutting each other. Yeah. Uh, and, and Roman's getting pulled a bit over the place. Um, and he actually ends up tapping on, on Edge's leg. Don't know if you saw us on Twitter. He, he's uh, tapping okay. on Edge's leg. And I wonder if he's saying, like, 
remember that I'm in here whilst uh-huh. you guys are headbutting each other. Because he's got that um, bit of cheer in his mouth, I think, at this point. Yeah, he does. Which, again, was a nice little just... You know, I've seen a crossface plenty of times over the, over the years, but just adding a, a slightly different element to it. Aye. Um, so then at some point, I think, after this, they get to a point where Edge has hit a spear on Brian... Or he's hit a spear on on Roman, yeah. and he, he's it looks like he's won it. And uh, Daniel Bla- Daniel Bryan pulls the ref out the ring. Yeah, miraculously gets back on his feet, pulls the ref out the ring. Edge goes absolutely bananas with a chair. Yeah, um, and he 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 sets or he sets uh, Roman up for the the one man concerto. Yeah. Um, what happened from there? Daniel Bryan coming. Oh no, Jey Uso Jey appears Uso. again, of yeah. course. So Jey Uso has just recovered enough to, to make the save and then uh, they go into the Edge Spears Jey Uso to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Reigns hits Edge with the spear. Reigns then uh, does the concerto on Edge and does he do one on Daniel Bryan? Does one on Brian as well. Yeah. Brian's doing this yeah. crazy convulsing thing with his legs. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, kind of maybe overselling it a <laughs> wee bit. Um, and then I, I really liked the the way they did the pin. Actually. Oh, me too. Aye. I I just thought. I mean, you've got your guy. He's have him beat both. You know that. I I just I really liked that because. Uh, um, Roman Reigns is basically the only thing keeping this going, you know, that from a WWE point of view in terms of my interest in storylines and everything like that. And it, it probably will get stale at a point, but it's nowhere near there yet. So for him to just definitively have his I am pinning both men at the same time moment and being able to walk away with the belt, I just thought was such a, a, a good way to finish it. I totally agree. Like, they've made him look like obviously he looks like an absolute animal mm-hmm. um, what the, you know like something as simple as taking that bloody bulletproof vest off him he just looks like an absolute Hercules mm-hmm. um, but they've they've shown that he's got this weakness this arrogance of like acknowledge me and uh-huh. I'm the main event and all that sort of stuff and just tease these these little bits out of him yeah. um, but at the end they're you're taking absolutely nothing away from him and, and he looks like an, an absolute machine he just looks amazing yeah um, yeah for me too I'm, I'm the same I think he's the best thing going uh, and I think they're really struggling with anybody even Edge and Daniel Bryan I think there's a long there's a, a long kind of gap yeah. between them I think that I mentioned this to you earlier and I, I think one of the big problems they've got They've got guys that are over, so Edge, you know, even with the heel tendencies, was still getting a good crowd reaction and all that. Daniel Bryan is always going to get a pretty good crowd reaction. But when I'm thinking of your huge baby faces, and I'm talking, you know, you're not going to get an Austin, a Rock, a Hogan, just or a Cena just appear like that, but I don't feel like they've got anyone who's ready to match the level of heel Roman Reigns is just now. Mm-hmm. And and it just makes me wonder who's next and and kind of where do you go with it, because he's he's so good at the current role and at being this monster heel that it's hard to imagine anyone competing with him mm-hmm. right now. 
Yep, just looking across the card and, and looking at the people that were wrestling on WrestleMania, especially faces. Yeah, I can only really see Biggie. Mm-hmm. You know, like unless they go back into another one of those matches with him and Apollo Cruz, but I suppose he got kind of screwed out that match by that guy interfering. Yeah. I guess they maybe do Edge and Roman again. I would guess Daniel and Bryan might retreat. Yeah, and they they might well do that. And I think I, I think the point Daniel Bryan was making, and some of it will be you know kayfabe, obviously, but I think his intention is to go part time. Mm-hmm. And I think his you know the story of him wanting to be in the Mania main event and saying this could be my last WrestleMania. I have a feeling he's still going to be at WWE, but working a lot less dates and probably unlikely to ever get the opportunity to headline a Mania again. Um, and I, I probably wouldn't have that much interest in a Brian Reigns, you know, one-on-one. I'd, 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 I would you maybe get a match out of it and then you move on. Um, Edge... Yeah, I think he's maybe the closest they've got just now, but they need to build someone. They need to to get somebody who is maybe just a couple of rungs below and elevate them. Uh, It's just how you do that because it it takes time and Reigns is so far ahead just now that I don't know how you recover that. What about the return of Jimmy Uso? That... that, 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 I, I I was kind of joking, but like that is a genuine place you could go. Yeah, I half expected him to have some sort of involvement in this match. The, mm-hmm. the, it was early on when I was like, okay, so we've seen Jay, right? And Jay is obviously going to be very involved in this match, but Jimmy is kind of, I assume he's legit injured. I think he has been. I think yeah. he's either... Um, close to coming I think I've read he's close to coming back who knows so uh, there's a few different ways you could play that because he could align himself and then you know turn Mm -hmm. or does he come back as the you know trying to free Jay from what he sees as the role he's in being inappropriate or something like that and uh, but then I, I don't want this Reigns thing to end anytime soon so does he have to, you know, fight the other brother to get him over to his side, maybe? And maybe you fill a bit of time doing mm. that. Um, but everything I can think of is a bit like that. It's a bit of a, a fill-in um, because nobody seems ready. Um, like, you, you couldn't... Right now, you would have to say Roman Reigns would be in next year's Mania main event. Mm-hmm. But who would the opponent be? There's oh. no real. What about what about somebody that was the NXT champion that just dropped the belt? Well, I would be interested in that. I don't know if Vince would be. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Um, I always really liked Finn Balor, um, and it was a shame when it felt like it. it you know, he he just got to the top and then he got hurt, and he's never really been positioned up there. Again, if I was him, I'd, I wouldn't want to leave NXT. I'd just be thinking, they'll, they'll, whatever they do with me, they'll mess it up. Mm. He's done a good job of reinventing himself. I don't know if you've seen much of him in NXT, but he's done quite a good job of, you know, like taking away some of these kind of more sort of um, 
PG elements uh-huh. that they'd turned them into and, and given yeah. themselves a bit more of a rough edge. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be a good programme. I'm just not sure they would go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but I don't think they would do it in a satisfying way. I think it would probably be like a few weeks of build and then one match and then that's it. Um, but you never know. It, it needs someone to step up. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just... I, I think we're we're kind of in similar places right now where there's... Roman Reigns has been excellent and I, I've actually really enjoyed his storylines. I think his storylines have been good. Um, but there's kind of nothing right now that makes me want to watch the next event mm-hmm. um, because there were some good matches and I'd love to see them push someone like Cesaro but Roman Reigns is on top and then there's Bobby Lashley on the other show who if they give him a good run as champion you know legit there's interest there but there's really not a lot else there's really no I'm just I'm just looking at what about Omos Omos versus Roman Reigns WrestleMania 38 book it book Uh, it now you might not be far off on that, oh, but what about Cesaro? If they do, if they don't go with when a Seth series, and they might do that, it yeah, pro- probably seem premature. I I would like it to get there, but I'd I'd like a Seth series first, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a long bit part of how you get him there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm a huge Cesaro fan, but I looking at it right now, it would seem too big a leap to mm-hmm. me. They're in a they're in a really crap situation just simply because like you say they, they don't really take the time to build people they're more likely just to throw Cesaro in there and he'll be back fighting for the US title or something like that in a few months yeah um, we'll see we'll see yeah overall what what, what sort of in a, on a scale of 0 to, to 10 would you give Wrestlemania 37 <sighs> it's see when I look through the matches right <laughs> I do wonder, have I been overly harsh? Because I didn't hate Lashley McIntyre. I liked Cesaro Rollins. Um, I thought Banks and Belair was good. Um, (laughs) Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, I enjoyed. Mm, Main event was great. So uh, maybe a 5 out of 10. Yeah, that's what I am. 5... Maybe a six if Tamina yeah. had got that slam just a wee bit higher. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it wasn't great. A lot of it felt like a bit of a chore, but what was good was very good actually. Yeah, I agree. And I would just, I admittedly, I would I would have skipped a lot of this if I'd just been watching it for entertainment purposes, yeah, um, and not being a martyr so that we could talk about it here. <laughs> um, so that was wrestle. That was our big. Um, build to WrestleMania 37. Um, yeah, I don't think we'll be doing any more current stuff anytime soon, will we? It, the appetite's not there, so no. <laughs> um, we don't want to, you know, depress anyone that's listening uh, too much. <laughs> so we'll we'll try and find a, a few things to be a bit more. We can be a bit more upbeat about. I think beautiful. I love it. So. With that in mind, um, for our, for our next assignment, we're going a little bit we're going a little bit different. 
we're stepping away from the squared circle um, and we are going to the multiplex we're going to watch some movies um, so we are going to do our top five movies starring or co-starring yeah wrestlers yeah. yeah I think I think they have to be at least you know prominent in the cast it can't just be a cameo yeah um, but yeah this is this is quite exciting actually because <laughs> I mean I'm there's some films out there that, you know, you've obviously got The Rock's been in loads of films now. You've got Cena starting to go into films, but there's some older ones mm-hmm. as well. Um, and as, as things like, um, I'll just throw a name out there that, that I'm going to watch, The, the Princess Bride, mm-hmm. which Andre the Giant is uh, featured heavily in. And I remember seeing it years and years ago and actually thinking it was a really good film. And I'm almost like giving myself an excuse to go back and watch that again. And then there's all these other films that I haven't actually seen, but I know uh, they star a, a wrestler, and I'm thinking, uh, perfect excuse to, to give it a watch. Absolutely. There's some good ones, like you say. I, I was thinking that about The Princess Bride as well. I've never seen it, so it's a good excuse to, to give it a watch. Yeah. Um, so we'll have some rules, like you say. It can be a cameo. Um, it either needs to have a wrestler co-starring or starring in it, or um, be centred around wrestling. Yeah, that fair. And yeah, and I think the other rule we talked about was uh, in terms of certainly the the star. You could only pick one of their films. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, I, th- I don't think we were actually in a position where we were thinking, oh, I'll just pick all The Rock's films but anyway, but we thought we'll, we'll, we'll limit it um, in that way and that'll give us a little bit of variety in terms of what we're talking about. Yeah, I thought that really scuppered me because I, I immediately went to The Running Man and Predator, but I watched The Running Man and Jesse Ventura's in it for like, I <laughs> don't know, it must be a maximum two minutes of screen time or something like that. Um, across the piece, it's a good excuse to go and watch a running man right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I, I might do. I need to rewatch Predator. I've seen it quite a few times actually. My goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> um, so this this is obviously this is all related to the news that um, Charlotte Charlotte Church. I was going to say there, <laughs> Charlotte Flair was filming a remake of Walking Tall. This that's really what this is all. Related to, isn't it? You were really excited about this news. Well, I, I found it a little bit surprising. Um, that that seems a weird thing to do. Like of all the films she could be in. Yeah, and yes. I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, make any assumptions about her acting career. She might be brilliant. I, I, I don't know, but it just seemed a weird film to be doing. Um, Didn't hasn't Bruce Pritchard said that it's his favourite? Is it J.R. or Bruce Pritchard have said it's their favourite film of all time? The original Walking Tall. I don't, I don't think I've heard that, but no, yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me much. No, J.R.'s a big um, a big John Wayne fan. Yeah, all the John Wayne films for J.R. Bag so. <laughs> Well, we shall look forward to that in a couple of weeks. Um, until then, we'll be sat in front of the TV watching. Mediocre wrestling movies. <laughs> awesome. Probably, forward to. probably better than 
spending too much time watching mediocre wrestling. Aye, that's it. Watching five hours of, (laughs) six hours of bunnies and whatnot. Yeah. I will. Um, Give us some feedback if you... Uh, I'm sure you had different views from us, but um, give us give us give us your views. Give us a hit up on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Outlaws Pod on both. Um, I've been getting quite angry with my Twitter fingers recently about this whole watching a WrestleMania. So uh, yeah, give us a shout, and uh, we will be back in two weeks' time to talk about our top five movies starring wrestlers. Until then, stay safe, and we shall see you for episode 11. Cheers, Adam. Cheers.